0: my little holiday in town was over and I was back home again at St. Mary Mead taking up my old life where I'd left it before all those strange and rather disturbing happenings at Bertram's Hotel
1: We present June Whitfield as Miss Marple and Frederick Yeager as Chief Inspector Davey in Agatha Christie's at Bertram's Hotel
0: I did my best to settle back into my old ways, but recent memories return to haunt me. Particularly that last terrible evening at Bertram's, when the poor commissionaire had been shot dead, going to the aid of that strange, unhappy girl, Elvira Blake.
2: The trouble is that everyone who has had anything to do with that girl has been far too nice. Too many well-meaning people who don't know anything about evil... Uh, It's not like my old lady.
3: Well, you mean the one who was staying at
2: the hotel, uh, Miss Marple? That's the one, Sir Ronald. Mm. She's had a lot of experience of observing evil, suspecting evil, and going out to do battle with evil. Really? Uh, So I'm not going to waste my time with the respectable people who are supposed to be keeping Elvira Blake on the straight and narrow. So, Davy, who can tell you anything useful about her? Well, there's a girl called Bridget, who's her best friend in Italy. She might be useful. If only I can get her on her own...
4: I'm sorry my mother took up such a time, Chief Inspector, but it's not exactly every day we have the police in the house. Mothers are so
2: difficult. Uh, So they tell me. Uh, A lot of young ladies I come across have trouble with their mothers.
4: I couldn't really speak freely in front of Mummy, but I think you ought to know Elvira has been terribly worried about something, and she's been afraid. She wouldn't exactly admit she was in danger, but I'm sure she was.
2: Yes, I suspected that might be the case.
4: What exactly was it you wanted to ask?
2: Well, first of all, I want to know about a box of chocolates which was sent to Miss Blake in Italy and which may have been poisoned.
4: Poisoned? I don't think so. At least...
2: There was something?
4: Well, a box of chocolates did come and Elvira ate quite a lot of them and was terribly sick. Uh She did say that she thought someone must be trying to poison one of us and we had a look to see if anything had been injected into them. And had it? No, it hadn't. Not as far as we could see.
2: And, um, what about this man, Guido? Oh,
4: he had a terrific crush on Elvira.
2: And the two of you used to slip out to meet him?
4: Well, Elvira did. I covered for her. The Contessa would have hit the roof if she'd known. She was frightfully straight.
2: And did this Guido threaten her at all? Well, not
4: serious. Well, then
2: perhaps there was someone else she used to steal out to meet.
4: Oh, well, I don't know.
2: Please, tell me, Miss Bridget. It could be very important...
4: There was one man she really minded about. She was deadly serious.
2: Do you know who it was? No. It wouldn't be a racing motorist called Ladislaus Malinowski.
4: So you know about it? Am I right? Yes, I think so. She had a photograph of him which he'd torn out of a newspaper. She kept it under her stockings.
2: Did she go on seeing him in this country?
4: I've really no idea. I don't know much about what she's been doing since we came back from Italy.
2: I heard that she told Mrs. Melford that she was coming up to London to see her dentist and came to you instead. And then uh, there was some story about an old governess. Where did she really go?
4: She flew to Ireland.
2: Why did she do that?
4: She wouldn't tell me. She said there was something she had to find out.
2: You know where she went?
4: Not exactly. She did mention a place, Ballygowlan, I think it was. And
2: when did she come back?
4: The following day. Also by air? Yes.
2: You're sure? Had she taken a return ticket?
4: No. No, she hadn't.
2: Ah, so she might have come back another way. I suppose so. She might have come back, for instance, by the Irish Mail...
4: I don't think it's very likely that she did. Why don't you ask her?
2: Well, just at the moment, I don't want to call attention to that point. It might just possibly make things more dangerous for her. What do you mean? Because that was the night, or rather the early morning, of the Irish mail robbery.
4: You mean that Elvira was on that train and never told me a thing about
2: it? Well, It's not very likely, I agree, but if she was, she may have seen someone she knew, and that may have put her in danger.
4: You mean that someone she knew was mixed up in the robbery?
2: It's a possibility, and it's certainly a line I intend to investigate. You have no right to arrest me. This is supposed to be a democracy, is it not? You have nothing against me, nothing. You're not under arrest, Mr. Marinovsky. It's just that we think you may be able to assist us with our inquiries. You are in a car, Mercedes-Otto, registration number FAN2266. Is there any reason why I should not own such a car? No reason at all, sir. Just one little uh uncertainty as to the current number. Uh, we have a report that the car was recently seen carrying a different registration plate. Nonsense. It must have been some other No oh, no, sir. There's no doubt about it. You were stopped by the police not far from Bedhampton. They asked to see your license and took a note of your registration plate. And when was this mythical encounter supposed to have taken place? It was on the night of the Irish mail robbery. And as I'm sure you realize, Bedhampton is only a short drive away from the scene of the crime. Now you really are getting rather... Fancyful, are you not? Do you have a revolver? Certainly. I have a revolver and an automatic pistol. I have proper licenses for both of them. And where are the firearms now? I think you know very well where they are. The small pistol is in the pocket of my car, and the revolver is in the drawer of the desk in my flat. Mm. You're quite right about the one in your desk, but the other weapon, the pistol, is not in your car. Yes, it is. It is in the left-hand pocket. It may have been once. It isn't now. Is this it, Mr. Malinowski? So you took it from my car. This pistol of yours was found in a basement area in Pond Street in the vicinity of Bertram's Hotel. It has nothing to do with me. I did not put it there. Do you know that this is the pistol which was used to shoot Michael Gorman on the night of November the 26th? Are you saying that I shot him? Why should I? He was a complete stranger to me. It was a young lady who was shot at. Gorman ran to protect her and received the second bullet in his chest. A young lady? Hmm... A young lady whom I believe you know. Miss Elvira Blake. Are you saying that someone tried to shoot Elvira with my pistol? I'm suggesting that you may have done so, Mr. Malinowski. It could be that you had a disagreement. You mean that I quarreled with Elvira and shot her? Why should I shoot at the girl I am going to marry? Ah. Is that part of your statement, that you are going to marry Miss Elvira Blake? She is still very young. It remains to be discussed. Perhaps she had promised to marry you and then changed her mind. You see, there was someone she was afraid of. Was it you, Mr. Malinowski? Why should I want to kill her? It would be pointless. You say that you intend to marry Elvira Blake. Perhaps you have already married her. If that is so, then you would be the one to inherit her money. And it is known that you are in financial difficulties. No, Chief Inspector. I am not married to Elvira Blake. She is a pretty girl. I like her. And she is in love with me. We had fun together in Italy, but that is all. Just now you said she was the girl you were going to marry. You are too prudish in this country. The mother and I. We are lovers. I did not want to say so. I suggest instead that the daughter and I are engaged to be married. That sounds very English and proper. I think all this has gone far enough. May I have my pistol back? No, you may not. It's done quite enough damage. Uh, But I'll be happy to write you a receipt for it.
0: I had only been back for four days at St. Mary Mead when I received a telephone call from Chief Inspector Davy asking me to come up to town again. It was of the greatest importance, he said, so I couldn't very well refuse. And when the train drew into the station, there was his familiar portly figure waiting on the platform. He wouldn't tell me what it was all about, and we drove in silence to Bertram's Hotel, where we went straight up to my old room. Number 18. You look tired, Chief Inspector.
1: Yes, I've uh, had to get
2: around a bit. As a matter of fact, I've just returned from Ireland. Ah,
0: from Ah,
2: uh, How the devil did you know about Garland? Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. I beg your pardon, Miss Marple. I suppose Michael Gorman happened to tell you that he came from there. Is that it?
0: No, not exactly.
2: Well, then, how, if you don't mind my asking? How did you know?
0: Oh, dear, it's really very embarrassing. It was just something I happened to overhear. I see. I wasn't eavesdropping, you understand. Hmm. It was in a public room, and quite frankly, I enjoy listening to people talking. I mean, if people are talking near you, you
2: listen. Oh, quiet. Look, Miss Marple, I've got Canon Pennyfather arriving at any moment, and I want to make sure he doesn't get lost again. I hope you'll excuse me. Oh, but of course...
3: Oh, you look rather pale, Miss Dorrange. You're not ill, I hope. Oh, we've had a good deal of worry, Canon Pennyfather. Father. Oh, yes, yes, I did see something mentioned in the paper. You, you've had a murder here. Eh? Terrible, terrible. Such a thing has never
5: happened at Bertram's. I mean, we are not the sort of hotel where murders happen. Though, of course, it wasn't actually in the hotel. It was in the street.
3: No, so really nothing to do with you at all. But...
5: What are you doing here, Canon Penny? Father, we, we we don't have a room reserved. Are oh you?
3: no 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 no, Chief Inspector Davy asked me to meet him. He, uh, I can't imagine what he wants. He's already been down to see me, you know, and uh, he was rather disappointed. I think that I. Couldn't remember anything useful. Ah, you're here already, sir. Feeling more like yourself now? Uh, well, I feel quite well, but I, I still don't seem to remember what I ought to remember.
2: <laughs> well, we mustn't give up hope. Uh, come upstairs. I want you and Miss Marple to help me in a little experiment. Oh.
0: Now, what do you want me to do?
2: I want you to do exactly what you did on the night of the 19th of November. The night you saw Canon Pennyfather going down the stairs. Uh, He's waiting for my signal in the next room. I understand. Now, you were asleep. You woke up, you switched on the light, got out of bed, and looked out of the door. Yes. Now, can you repeat those actions? Certainly. uh, Just a minute. I'll bang on the communicating door. I told him to count to ten. (coughs) Now. Off you go.
0: I'm waking up and switching on the light, looking at the clock, getting out of bed and crossing the room to the door. <coughs> oh, dear.
2: What is it, Miss
0: The man I saw that night cannot have been Canon Pennyfather.
2: But I thought you said. Uh, no,
0: he looked like Canon Pennyfather. His hair and his clothes and everything, but he did not walk the same way. He must have been a kind of... Oh, what's the German word?
3: Uh, uh, May I uh, come back now? Uh, uh, Was it satisfactory?
2: Well, I've now got a fair idea what happened. You came back to the hotel after midnight. You went upstairs, you opened the door of your room,
3: and you saw...
0: I remember now what that German word is. Doppelganger.
3: Yeah, of course, <laughs> and A doppelganger. How could I have forgotten? I opened the door and I saw—I I distinctly saw myself sitting in a chair facing me. <laughs> As you say, dear lady, a doppelganger. And then—and then, startled out of their lives
2: to see you there when they thought you were safely in Lucerne, somebody hit you over the head.
0: And so Canon Pennyfather went off to the British Museum, delighted that he had regained his memory of
2: what happened.
0: But Chief Inspector Davy asked if I could remain a little while longer.
2: I'm sorry to have kept you waiting, Miss Marble.
0: Oh, don't apologize. It has given me time to think. Poor Bertram's
2: what do you mean, poor Bertrams? I
0: think you know quite well what I mean. It is always sad when a work of art has to be destroyed.
2: Oh, yes, I hadn't thought of it like that.
0: I mean, when you get ground elder really badly in a border, there's nothing else you can do except dig the whole thing up.
2: Uh, it's time we were off. Oh,
5: and where are you taking me now?
2: We're going to have a word with Lady Sedgwick. She's staying here with her daughter.
5: I met you before, Miss Marple. You were here with Selina Hazy a week or two ago, weren't you? Please sir, down. Yes, thank you. And how is your daughter, Lady Sedgwick? Oh, she seemed none the worse for her experience. She's staying here with me. I hear you've arrested Ladislaus Malinowski.
2: On what charge? Oh, I haven't arrested him. Uh, we thought he might be able to help us with our inquiries. What inquiries? We want to know what his movements were the night that Michael Gorman was shot. You're not suggesting that it was Ladislaus who fired those shots at Elvira. They don't even know each other. How much did that shooting business the other night upset you, Lady Sedgwick? Naturally, I was distressed about Ilvira. No, no, no. I didn't mean that. I mean, how much did the death of Michael Gorman upset you?
5: I was very sorry about it. He was a brave man. Isn't that all? You knew him, didn't you? Of course. I'm sure Miss Marple knew him, too. He worked here.
2: Yes, you knew him a little better than that, I think. He was your husband, wasn't he?
5: You know a great deal, don't you? (laughs) I hadn't seen Mickey for a great many years, twenty or more. And then I looked out of the window here one day and suddenly recognised him.
2: And he recognised you?
5: Yes. I was very young when I ran away with him. He was a hero to me because of the way he rode a horse. I was really in love with him. It didn't last long. The first 24 hours were enough to show me what he was really like. He drank, and he was coarse and brutal. I was quite relieved when my family turned up and took me back with them. Did your family know that you were married to him? I didn't know I was married. What do you mean? We were married in Ballygarland, but when my family arrived, Mickey told me that the marriage had been a fake, something he'd cooked up with his friends. Whether he just wanted the money they were offering or whether he was worried because I was underage, I don't know. Anyway, I didn't doubt that what he said was true. Not then. Mm, And later? Um, It wasn't until years afterwards, when I knew rather more about the law, that I realised the marriage was probably valid. So, in fact, when you married Lord Cuniston, you committed bigamy? And when I married Johnny Edgewick, and when I married with Rebecca... (sighs) So much bigger me. I'm sure you find all this very shocking, Miss Marple, but at the time, I put it aside with the things that don't matter in life. I can well imagine that you did.
2: And then, one day in November, a few weeks ago, Michael Gorman turned up again and started to blackmail you.
5: Nonsense! Who said that he blackmailed me? I know that he did, Lady Sedgwick.
0: How could you possibly know that? The armchairs in this hotel have very high backs... I was sitting in one in front of the fire in the writing room, resting before I went out one morning. You came in to write a letter. I suppose you didn't realise there was anyone else in the room. And so I overheard your conversation
5: with Michael Gorman. But all the same, you must have misunderstood what you heard. Mickey didn't blackmail me. I frightened him off before he could try. Yes, I think you probably did. You threatened to shoot him. And I wasn't the
2: only
0: one to hear you. The other armchair was also occupied.
2: By whom? Your daughter was in the other chair. Oh, my God. What
5: must she have thought?
2: Well, She thought seriously enough of what she'd heard to go to Ireland and search for the truth. It wasn't very hard to discover. hmm? child.
5: Even now she's never asked me a thing.
2: Yes. You see how it changes one's view of what happened the other night. Your daughter says someone shot at her and missed. Gorman came running out to save her and copped it with a second bullet. But what if that was actually what was meant to happen? I'm afraid I don't understand you. Ladislaus Malinowski may have had no plausible reason to shoot your daughter, but he had a very good one to kill Michael Gorman. What,
5: what possible reason could he have? Ooh, a little matter of blackmail, perhaps? Do you mean that Mickey was blackmailing Ladislaus?
2: What about? Perhaps about the things that go on at Bertram's Hotel. What things do you mean? (laughs) It's been a good racket, well planned and beautifully executed. But nothing lasts forever. Miss Marple asked me the other day what was wrong with this place. Well, I'll answer that question now. Bertram's Hotel is, to all intents and purposes... The headquarters of one of the biggest and best crime syndicates that's been known for years.
0: How very interesting. You don't sound surprised, Miss Marple. Uh, no, I'm not really. There were so many curious things that did not seem quite to fit in. Bertram's was all too good to be true, if you know what I mean. There were so many little
2: things. Uh,
0: People not turning out to be who they were thought to
2: be. I truly do not understand what you're talking about. The whole point of the Bertram's operation was to fabricate false evidence. There was this pool of phony characters, mixed up with the real thing, of course, who would pass through the hotel—clergymen, admirals, generals, and the like. Now, when a major crime was committed, one of them would appear on the scene, and off the police would go on the track of a highly respectable bishop or a prominent justice of the peace, only to discover that the real people were nowhere near the scene of the crime— And by the time the smoke had cleared away and all our investigations had led us nowhere, we had no hope of finding out who the real criminals were. And that's only the half of it. And what was the other half, Chief
0: Inspector?
2: The foreign visitors who come to Burton's hotel. Rich people, totally above suspicion, mostly Americans, coming here with a lot of luxury luggage which looks the same but isn't. Take the Cabot's, for instance. What about the Cabot's? Bostonians, very nice people. Come here year after year. We took a look at their luggage when they arrived at customs. They had over three hundred thousand pounds, concealed in false compartments in their luggage, the proceeds of the Irish mail robbery. But we would never discovered how the bogus person's racket worked, but for one thing. And what was that? The disappearance of Canon Pennyfather... But I'll let Miss Marple explain that one.
0: Yes, he was due to attend a conference at Lucerne on November the 19th, uh, the day before the Irish mail robbery, as it happens. But being an absent-minded kind of person, he got his dates wrong and did not present himself at the air terminal until the evening of the 19th. He discovered his mistake, went to see a highly unsuitable film, and didn't get back to the hotel until after midnight. He went to his room... Opened the door and found a man made up to look like him sitting
5: in his chair. But why should anyone want to pretend to be Canon Pennyfather?
2: Because Canon Pennyfather, or rather the man made up to look like him, was to be the decoy, the herring, call it what you like, for the Irish mail robbery. He was to be driven to Bedhampton that night in a fast car and put aboard the train. With his long white hair and his clerical get-up, somebody would have been bound to notice him and the police would have run off on another wild goose chase.
5: It all seems utterly fantastic. I know. And you say that Bertram's Hotel is somehow involved in all this? Oh, yes.
2: Quite a few of the staff are involved in the operation. Henry is certainly in on it, as a sort of actor-manager, and Humphreys and Miss Gorringe are right at the centre of it. Really? Really? But surely there's nothing to link Lazaruslice with all this rigmarole. Oh, I've got plenty of evidence against him. His car's been seen near nearly every one of the big raids. Too confident by half, that's his trouble. But he's been careless. Hung around this hotel where he shouldn't have been, trying to communicate with your daughter. Nonsense. She told you herself that she didn't know him. But it isn't true. She wants the fellow to marry her.
5: I don't believe it. I have seen them together. She is hopelessly in love with him. It doesn't seem much that escapes your notice, Miss Marple. Oh,
2: (laughs) Marinovsky isn't the sort of person who tells all his secrets. And your daughter, well, you don't know her at all. You were pretty angry, weren't you, when you found out that he'd come to Bertram's hotel?
5: Why should I be angry?
2: Because you are the boss of the show, Lady Sedgwick. Oh. The financial side is run by the Hoffman Brothers. But the head of the syndicate, the brains that run it and plan it, are yours.
5: <laughs> I've never heard anything so ridiculous. Oh,
2: it. no. No, it's not at all ridiculous. You've got intelligence, courage and daring. you tried most things, so you thought you'd try your hand at crime. It was the fun and the danger that attracted you, I imagine, not the money. You are one of the few really interesting great criminals, you know.
5: Very well, Chief Inspector. Have it your own way. Yes, I ran this show and I loved every moment of it. It was glorious fun and I'm glad I did it. I got a good run for the money. But you're wrong about one thing Ladislaus didn't shoot Mickey Gorman, I did. Miss Marple heard me threaten to shoot him if he tried anything, and that's just what I did. You're a witness to this, Miss Marple. I killed Gorman. And now, Chief Inspector Davy, catch me if you can! Oh, Oh, God, she's going to kill herself.
2: She's doing nothing of the kind. She's she's shinning up the drainpipe.
0: She'll fall. Why is she climbing up?
2: Because her only hope is to make it across the roof. Good God, look at her. Climbing like a cat. She'll never manage it. Oh, she'll manage it, all right. Well,
0: aren't you going to do anything?
2: What, with my bulk? I've got my men posted ready for something like this. They know what to do. I wouldn't put it past her, though, to beat a lot of them. Come on. We'd better go downstairs.
4: No sign of her, sir. She
2: seems to have given us a slip. Well, she can't possibly have got far. Mm-hmm. She must have got her car, sir.
5: But I put two men to watch it. Well, they after her. Quickly.
3: Like crazy. She'll kill someone. you will never get on that van. She's gone over the area railing. Really.
0: God help her. Oh, the poor misguided soul.
2: Go back into the hotel, Miss Marble. I'll be with you as soon as I can.
0: Is she dead?
2: I'm afraid so. Perhaps it's better that way. I
0: cannot imagine Bess Sedgwick in prison.
2: Well, she told her story first. A confession. You heard her. Oh, yes, I heard her.
0: It wasn't true, of course.
2: No. She didn't shoot Michael Gorman. Do you have to know who did?
0: Yes, I do. Her daughter, Elvira.
2: Ah. Oh, and when did you begin to think that?
0: I always wondered...
2: She was so full of fear that night. And the lies she told were poor lies. But I couldn't see a motive at first. That puzzled
0: me, too. She had found out that her mother's marriage to her father was bigamous. But would a girl murder for that? I suppose there was a money
2: side to it. Oh, there certainly was. Her father had left her a colossal fortune. When she found out about her mother's marriage to Gorman, she realized that she wasn't legitimate and might not inherit the money. Of course. And she was desperate for the money, because she
0: was convinced it would enable her to buy Ladislas Malinowski.
2: It was cold-blooded murder. She stood by the railings, fired a shot, and screamed. And when Gorman came running across from the hotel, she shot him dead. (laughs) She was a cool hand, but afterwards she was terribly afraid, and her mother was afraid for her. Bess Sedgwick chose to die herself, so that her daughter could go free. What will you do? Well, I know she did it, but I've got no evidence. Even if I could get the case brought into court, an experienced counsel would push the sob stuff. Lonely girl, unfortunate upbringing. And she's beautiful.
0: Yes, the children of Lucifer are beautiful, and as we know, they flourish like the green bay tree.
3: Excuse me, sir, but Miss Blake is here. Oh, no show her in, Sergeant. happened?
4: What's happened? What are all those policemen doing in the street? Has there been an accident?
2: I'm sorry to have to tell you, Miss Blake, that your mother is dead. Before she made her escape, because it was an escape, she confessed to the murder of Michael Gorman.
4: You mean she said that it was she who...
2: Yes, that is what she said. Have you anything to add?
4: No, I don't. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to my room.
0: And she looks like an angel out of a Botticelli painting. Are you going to let her get away with it?
2: After her mother gave her life for her? No, by God, I'm not.
0: I know you'll manage it, Chief Inspector. That girl is guilty of cold-blooded murder. And may God have mercy on her soul.
2: There must be some way to prove it.
0: Oh, I think you may find that though Malinowski may be the devil incarnate behind the wheel of a racing car, he won't show the same sort of courage if he's faced with the gallows for the sake of a silly young girl.
2: You've got a great knowledge of the world, Miss Marple, for someone who lives in a quiet country village. It is because I
0: live in St Mary Mead that I understand about human nature. And now, if you'll excuse me, I must get back there as quickly as I can. There's a parish meeting about the restoration of the church roof, and I simply dare not miss it.
1: In the final episode of At Bertram's Hotel by Agatha Christie... Miss Marple was played by June Whitfield and Chief Inspector Davey by Frederick Yeager. Bess Sedgwick, Sean Phillips. Canon Pennyfather, Maurice Denham. Miss Gorringe, Jillie Mears. Elvira Blake, Tracy Wiles. Bridget, Sarah Plowright. Sir Ronald Graves, Patrick Allen. Ladislaus Malinowski, Gavin Muir. Sergeant Waddell, Ross Livingston. Other parts were played by members of the cast. At Bertram's Hotel was dramatized for radio by Michael Bakewell and directed by Enid Williams.